All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast, where we share the work and play of working class Midwestern millennials. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? And we have another new call-in guest, Mr. Clayton Cook. Hey, how we doing? So Clayton is my friend and fellow engineering school dropout from college. (laughs) Uh, We uh, met down there and and both realized we were into cars and and stuff with motors and uh, became friends. So he's also a Midwestern millennial. So we wanted to have him on the show. So thanks for joining us, Clayton. Yeah, cool to be here. Yeah, it's kind of, he was a... uh, you know, not a long time listener, first time caller. I kind of told him the other week about it and he's like, that sounds cool. And I said, would you ever be on it? Sure. So we kind of last minute got a hold of him and he so, obliged. So did you give him any homework that he had to listen to a few episodes or? Well, no, I didn't. I did send him the question list ahead of time. That's good. So he has a false misconception that we know what we're doing. Exactly. So like, oh, I'm going to be on a big time podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if you'd have listened, he'd have probably not agreed to do this. <laughs> 50 downloads. That's all right. I well, went to school with those are for four years. I know all about not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> That's right. It's, As engineering students. You don't have to know what the answer is. You have to know what the answer isn't. It's That's multiple right. choice. It's all multiple choice in college. So, well, let's start with what's new. Okay. Well, what's new with me is last episode, I said, when you hear this, we'll be loading up to go to California. That has happened. Cody left on Thursday. Uh, had a couple minor setbacks, ended up having a couple flat tires before he even left, but got that out of the way, got him fixed up and back on the road. He is now, as of the recording this podcast, back on the lake bed, setting up camp, and uh, I will be joining him this following weekend. I will be headed out Saturday morning with Jason, super early in the morning. So that happened, and then uh, I ordered... Uh, a couple weeks ago, I ordered uh, the disc brake setup for the GTX, and it showed up this week. So when I get back from California, I'm going to get the front end ripped apart and put the disc brakes on. So that's exciting. And then I also have a steering box on order, and I did all this the old-fashioned way, um, talking to all my Mopar mentors. They all get on the phone and call. They don't order anything on the internet. I couldn't exactly find what I was looking for on the internet, so I just picked up the phone and called. The guy with the brakes pretty much lined me out, told me exactly what I needed, and got the parts together and charged my card and sent them out right away. And then the steering gear uh, is a place in Ohio. Steering gear is the name of the place, and they hooked me up. They told me what they recommended was pretty much what I was after. And they have a core charge and shipping charge and everything. Well, I plan in March to go to the Indianapolis swap meet over there like we do every year. And they agreed to build and set a steering box aside for me and just bring cash check, money order, Bitcoin, whatever, and pay for it when you get there. I figured someone who you had to call in to order would only take like money order or something like that. No, they said they'd have a credit card machine. U.S. postal money order only. Yeah, they, they'll have a credit card machine there. And uh, Keith Meyer actually went through a couple, uh, I don't really know, different Pittman arms that he had in his possession that were wrong. Apparently 68 through 70 B-body Pittman arms are kind of a special size, shape, whatever. 
and his was no good. And he had to get one from Dean, which was Dean's last one. And he advised me to make sure mine's good because there's none available anywhere if mine's not good. So fingers crossed that when I get it all apart, it's going to be good. So, um, other than that, I serviced my trailer bearings this weekend. My old man's going to take it on a trip and, uh, I don't think I'd ever pack the wheel bearings in it. So I had to tighten all the nuts on all the wheel bearings, one cutter key hole and got them all greased up and that's all ready to rock and roll and just been packing and getting ready for my trip. How about you, Dozer? So I had a whole bunch of boring, non-fun things that are new, and I do uh, selling and buying stuff. But uh, the most notable thing is my father-in-law is, when long story short, they lived in my front yard in a camper for a while. Right. And we worked on stuff like all the time. So since he moved out to his property and has started building this house, we have not done any hot rod work. You know, the Opal has been in, in mothballs. My Falcon's been in mothballs. Well, we decided that Thursday nights are now hot rod nights. Okay. So as of last Thursday, we pushed the Falcon out of the house garage and pushed it back in the shop. And I've actually been working on it a couple nights. We're going to get his Nova back in there, put new headers on it and a new torque converter. So we're finally working on hot rods. So I ordered uh, a radiator off of eBay today. So I'm kind of excited about that. So what do you got new, Clayton? Oh, I got invited to be on this podcast thing that I've never done before. So that's that's my new thing for the week this week. That's exciting. Uh, car stuff. Uh, it's Car stuff's a little short on the what's new thing since we, we moved this summer. We're still kind of trying to put a house together. But I did get my old Camaro. 92 Camaro moved over here from the old place and it kind of got a little station built. We've got a barn that's partially redone all concrete and got a really nice little secluded spot for a car teardown project. So that's been, that's been given a little bit of attention, not a lot, but, uh, and then it's just work stuff. It's winter time farm stuff. And, uh, there's some, some other business stuff that, takes a little bit of time this time of year this fun stuff well i'm currently sending uh samuel pictures of you moving your camaro to your new house so he can get an idea what we're talking about okay oh yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I screenshotted them i will say that my my little note page here is being lit by the dim glow of a camshaft lamp <laughs> Oh, yeah, we can get into so, that as well. Somebody from college helped me build with a MIG welder that didn't hardly work. <laughs> Shout out to Nathan Zimmerman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was good though. It, so, it, it made it. It's made it the move, and it's uh, it's in the office. That's as that's as close as I could get it to to the, to the living area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to the living area of the house. Well, don't feel bad. My buddy Jason had a uh, coffee table made out of an engine block. And after they had kids, one kid fell and hit their head on it, and that was the end of it. It was out in the garage. That probably didn't give much. Not much at all. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody that we have on the podcast, just to kind of get to know them, we've got some questions. So uh, you're not immune from these questions either. So I will start with number one, which should be no surprise because you've got these. But how do you know us? 
How do you know me and Sam? Well, you kind of alluded to it. We met in college, and it was it was Mr. Sims' pre-calculus class. I was May. hoping you would bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, God rest his soul, yeah, he's gone right. now, so exactly. I think we can, na- we can name drop him. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, Mr. Sims' pre-calculus class that we both passed, I, I think. I, um, I have no idea. <laughs> Well, we did because there was later math classes, so we had to pass that one, right? <laughs> I suppose so. And then Sam, I, the only time I've met you, I think, was Dozer's wedding. So um, that's probably the... Yeah, that's been as crazy as that is. That's been 10 years ago this 10 year. 10 years ago. I was wow. pretty messed up at that wedding. Uh, I recall being heavily medicated on hydrocodone because that was direct, the same... Well, the the week of my motorcycle accident, I had a broken shoulder and I took one before I went to the wedding and I was only going to go to the ceremony and then watch you guys cut the cake or whatever, and then leave for whatever reason I decided to stay. Someone talked me into it and I was hurting pretty bad. So I took some Advil and then I think Lacey Willenberg suggested that if I drink a bunch of alcohol and the Advil, would help ease my pain. And then somebody showed up with my prescription for the hydrocodone and that on top of my alcohol and Advil pretty much (laughs) took me out, but I was feeling no pain in several different categories that night. So I apologize for anything I did the first and every time you've ever met me. So (laughs) that would definitely turn the check liver light on. (laughs) I got low blood in my alcohol system. <laughs> I didn't know you had all of that going on. I'm just like, oh, there's a dude in a sling. He's having a good time. Yeah, I was having a great time. So question number two, what do you do for a living, Clayton? I farm. Farm. And, uh, then, I, and then I also have a little seed business on the side. So Is that part, you're part of a, like a, uh, family farm, right? Did your grandpa start that farm or great grandpa? Or I guess I never really got that far into the family history on it. So that would really be a great, great grandpa. Oh, damn. Um, that would be where we draw that back to. Uh, 1891 would be for our home farm, the year that it was started um, by someone in the Cook lineage. And then, yeah, passed down to my. Um, did I say great, great? Yeah, great, great, and then passed down to great, and then my grandpa, dad, and then my brother and I. That's pretty cool. So tell us a little. Yeah. Tell us a little about the farm. How big? What? I mean, if you feel comfortable sharing, like, what do you farm? Is it grain? Is it livestock? We- yeah. So we got we've got corn and soybeans. Um, you know, we we do a little bit of everything around the corn and soybeans. We've got some ground we own and and 50 50 stuff and cash rent stuff and custom farm stuff and it's um it's just kind of a little bit everything as far as that goes um so we do we do most everything ourselves we don't spray um but you know hauling grain in the winter time and everything else in between planting and harvest so um yeah i guess i didn't think about explaining that but it's um my in-laws have livestock and that's something that I've just, I've seen a little bit of it being around them and had some friends with it when I grew up, but that's something that I never really did have any desire to get into. My dad had some livestock when he was younger and then he got out of it, out of them in the eighties, I think it was. And 
um, older older generations we had all like all the old school farms you know you had pigs and you had sheep and you had a little bit of everything and some milk cows probably in there somewhere but um none of that anymore just the just grain no chickens no chickens no Dang. that would be a you're, good thing you're missing right out right now <laughs> yeah seven dollar eggs you'd right? be so rich right now those are raking it in over here with yeah. his I've, I've never sold eggs because i always felt silly asking people for two dollars for eggs so i just give them away but now that it's five we have been selling them people have been two buying them two is not two is a gift yeah yeah so well before it's like hey two dollars for eggs well do you have change for a 10 like no i don't have change for a 10 like just take there's them. Another, Don't worry about it. There's another one of our college, um, the college conservatives group, college conservatives, and she has a whole bunch of chickens now. Ram Charger. Oh yes, yes. She's got yeah, it's over a hundred, <laughs> I think. Is is this that's, the that's same Jason's Ram? Ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. A oh, small world. <laughs> yeah. I'll be damned. We all went to Carbondale. All met at Carbondale. Yeah. So yeah, she's got a little farm homestead type thing going on makes her own food and sells it she's only she's only about 45 minutes south of me now she lives over here but kind of by quincy i think so yeah i got a nice yeah i sent her some sweet corn seed so i don't Mm -hmm. know how it turned out but nice well so clayton being a a millennial with tiktok and a seed salesman he's a big fan of tony reed Mm -hmm. (laughs) not really though (laughs) Oh no, I don't have anything against Tony. I don't I would never want to go over and knock on his door where <laughs> as a seed sales. seed sales hat. Well, I don't have TikTok, but I did send Nick McCormick a uh, Facebook video of me driving into Tony's where he, his farm, not his house, but his farm, and the big sign that says absolutely no salesman. I was like, I'm gonna get my ass beat like Nick McCormick, because Nick did a t- TikTok where he went over there and he like paid his face all up like he got his ass beat. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I need to see that. Oh, I'm not seeing yeah. that one. So speaking of Tony, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's okay. Speaking of Tony Reed, what color are your tractors? Green. So you don't you don't uh, harvest with a gleaner then? We do not. <laughs> okay, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Then. You're good in Tony's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you showed up with a tr- truck with a seed company logo on the door and you were wearing a gleaner hat. <laughs> he, he might just be able to. <laughs> he'd probably just put you in a TikTok and you'd go viral. So yeah, what so happened you'd is be able to see the mushroom cloud from here probably. <laughs> when uh, when. Uh... He did the video of the Gleaner X17 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he 70, was like... The 77? 77. He's like, that's how many fucking <laughs> yeah. bearings you have to put in it. <laughs> so I sent that to Clayton. Clayton's like, yeah, I know that guy. He hates seed salesmen. <laughs> yeah. The old timers used to call them galvanized bearing burners. So, I mean, that's, you know... <laughs> or the silver-sided cedar. The silver-sided cedar, yeah. <laughs> Gray grinder, yeah. <laughs> All the things. Oh, good times. Yeah. So I actually, uh, the other, have you ever listened to his podcasts? Do you listen to, do you listen to any podcasts? I've uh, just a little, just a few touches. Well, you're out there. What are you, what are you doing when you're out in the field going up and down the rows and the tractor's driving itself? Uh, I usually sleep. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Can't argue that. Fair enough. 
I, uh, they've got, uh, Tony and Nick McCormick have a podcast called straightforward farming. And it's, I really like it cause they talk about like old tractors and how the government's ruining everything with, with emissions. And it's just real funny when they talk, I think you'd enjoy it, but it's top tier. entertainment. But I actually, uh, I actually know Nick because he works out at CrossFit with me or used to a couple times. So, and he's one of my they're, customers. They're pretty cool guys. We've been invited on the podcast ish semi, uh, unofficially, maybe, but uh, we might make that happen after they get back from Louisville. Need to do or that. Louisville. Oh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we'll move on to number three. What are your hobbies, Clayton? So, kind of a carryover from engineering school. I'm still kind of into the 2D CAD stuff, um, designing, I don't know, just goofy little things, brackets, or I don't know. I like laying out house stuff and building site stuff and all that kind of stuff and then cars you know i mean we're still into the car stuff and then I hunt a little bit i don't hunt near like i used to but i guess yeah, that kind of rounds it out yeah it's just i always always said i wouldn't i would never be the person too busy to hunt and here i am yep it happens yeah that would it's definitely a distant third and i don't know i need to get i need i've got a decent place i can go i just don't ever get there but I, I miss the car stuff. I like the, I like dinkering with the car stuff, but you know, it takes time too. Yeah. And money. So, and yeah, when you're in your thirties with a young family, usually both are at a premium. So, and then when you're, yep. and then when you're farming, you're always preoccupied, always busy, always got something to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it can be, it can be like that. The cat, the livestock guys are, are always really busy, but there is, there's downtimes. I mean, there's, I'd like to, if we could get done with this move, you know, I'd like to have a little project car. I'd like to work on my 92s. What I'd like to do is get it kind of built in some form of what we talked about doing to it in college and never did. We started on two different times and then never did get much of it done. But so let's talk about that brings us to the next question. What was your first car? Yeah, that's the Camaro. That's the 92. So got that when I was, uh, I think I was 14 still. I don't think I was 15 yet. And I'd had my heart. There was another uh, guy, a classmate of mine. His brother had a red third gen Camaro. And it was, I don't know. I wanted one ever since I saw his. And it was one of them deals we were looking at, um, looking for stuff, just kind of, sort of, because I was getting closer to being 16. And we found this car in Canton. Um, I think the guy was the second owner that I bought it from and he just hadn't, he just used it like to go golf a couple weekends here and there and they never did much with it. And I bought it with 42,000 miles on it. I think I paid $6,000 for it in about 2003 and it got shorty headers put on it in the old farm shop and some exhaust stuff done to it. And then, oh yeah, just so, uh, the list is too long. So that was a 1992 Camaro RS, right? Yeah, RS with the 305 boat anchor. Yeah, yep. nice. Had the uh, had the 305, the throttle body injection. You couldn't get fancy enough to get the tune port. No sir. And nope. uh, I uh, <laughs> I remember, yeah, <laughs> driving. You know, just. You, you having that car is like, oh, that's awesome. You know, we'd 
we planned all this stuff, like we're going to, you know, I don't know if now's the time to talk about it. I don't know why we wouldn't, but, um, mm. and maybe we can get into this after the questions, but, but, uh, you know, it's always like, why couldn't it be an SS? Z28. Yeah. Z28. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, if you could have, if I had one a couple years older, you still could have got the IROC. I think you could get an IROC z until 90 and then 91 and 92 they dropped that and it was just either rs or z28 in the early third gens you know you could get a berlinetta or you could have a base camaro i think those were both different i think there was a base camaro other than the berlinetta and then the rs and then the iro i don't know if they ever had an ss third gen or not Not and see those those cars are like kind of cool now yeah you know back back when we were in college people like oh third gen yeah, I know. Oh, they were just, yeah, they were throwaway. And now, I mean, now they're bringing decent money. I just looked at a, there was one just came across Facebook marketplace, a blue one that was a, I think it was a 90 IROC with, you know, 60,000 miles on it, which is good. I mean, mine's got 70 something on it, but this was just immaculate. I think the guy was asking over 30 for it. I mean, it, they're Damn. just, you know, I mean, you could buy them for, you could have bought that car in 2000 and eight or nine for what four thousand dollars probably probably five yeah i think that's the way with a lot of stuff these days i had uh zeth actually messaged me yesterday uh he found a 89 dakota convertible which i I think i've said before is like on my bucket list Mm -hmm. of cars to own and it was it was beautiful it was down in sisney Mm -hmm. i wanted 15k and reasonable ish but i mean and it would be Except boomerish of me, I remember seeing them when I was in high school when I had my '92 for like six grand, mm-hmm. you know. And you could buy a I'm really, not really a dime over that. Yeah, you could buy a really, really nice one back then. And they've only gotten older, which I guess they've they've passed the threshold of the depreciation. Now they're appreciating. So, so Clayton, uh, what got what you, what got you into cars? That question I had to think about for a while, just to kind of, I don't remember exactly if it was, I watched a lot of Dukes of Hazard growing up. Okay. And that, that kind of got me into, you know, watching the General Lee slide around the corner and use the same sound clip every time. (laughs) Kind of was, that was pretty cool. But my, I think maybe what it was is my dad had and still has a 1954 Chevy pickup. Oh, okay. Yeah, that he it's got the stove bolt six in it, but he's put a four speed in it and it was he kinda tinkered with it when he was around driving age and uh, went to you know, had stories of going to junkyards and getting these parts and finding these parts and running around and looking for this piece of the cowl and this fender and got it done and got it painted and split the manifold on it so it sound it's this real straight piped bangy six cylinder, you know, but just sounds uh, it sounds cool to me and that I wanted to drag that out all the time when I was little and old enough to know what it was. And I don't know, that might've kind of started it. So I remember uh, you telling me that uh, it had vacuum operated windshield wipers. It did have vacuum operated windshield wipers. Still does. He's like, if you'd floor so, it, they would stop. They did everything yeah. with vacuum back. Oh, they the love vacuum. Yeah. So yeah, you're driving in the rain, like it was speed up to get to your speed and then slow down so the windshield would wipe <laughs> and then speed up so then your vacuum would go away and you could get back to speed. It was Yeah, they flipped yeah, headlights the, up with vacuum and cruise controls with vacuum and 
It did it all. Yeah. HVAC was vacuum. It did have the the cow the you know the what do cow you call vent the cow the cow vent thing that you could flip up and had two or three different spots where you could lock it and and with the windows down I don't know whoever needed air conditioning back then that moved more air through the cab than you could ever move today <laughs> that and like the the smokers windows they need to bring all that stuff back yeah the little vents yep. My my seventy four Dart has that little door in the heater box, and if you open it up, it's like a blower fan blowing on you going down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assume your dad still has that. Then he does still have that. It's it's still around. It's all it needs. You know, I mean, it's one of them things. Every time you get it out, it's carburetor needs work, or you know, fuel pumps out of it, or put a battery in it, or you know, that kind of stuff. But that's part it's of the, still around. That's part of the the uh, novelty of the old stuff, I guess. Yeah, but at I least think. we can put it on in no time. I mean, if it needs a fuel pump, it's like, oh, that'll take fifteen minutes, you know? Right. You want to put a fuel pump in a Camaro? You got to cut the trunk apart. If you don't want to drop the rear end and the tank out of it and pull the carpet out and cut a trap door in your trunk, and <laughs> that's just something from '92. <laughs> Sounds like you've done this. <laughs> uh, yes, that project has been completed. Yeah. Well, I, okay, I, I couldn't believe you cut a hole in the back of your car. Was I? Were we? Were we in college when I did that? No, no, that? that was later. I think when you were okay first, so maybe the, before you were married, or when you first got married, you did it. So the fuel pump didn't actually go out of it, but there is there's a teeny tiny little about inch and a half long section of rubber hose inside the fuel tank that connects two fuel lines together, and I was not getting fuel and that car wouldn't start, I could pour gas down the throttle body and it would run. And then it wouldn't, I had the, I borrowed one of the injector test machines from a guy that had the old throttle body tester from some GM dealership. And that wasn't the problem. And we traced and traced and traced and finally came down to, we've got to get in the fuel tank. And the only option on that car is rip the exhaust off, drop the rear end out of it, take the fuel tank down and look all the lines or you pull the carpet out of the trunk and carefully measure and cut a trap door in your trunk, lift the trap door up. And there's the top of the fuel tank with the, um, where you get to the fuel pump. And anyway, we went and pulled that fuel pump out and that little teeny section of rubber hose had a tiny little hole in it. So it was pumping up from the fuel pump and then just shooting it right back out into the tank. In GM's defense, they probably were not anticipating alcohol being added to gasoline <laughs> when they put rubber in the fuel tank. Yeah, that, that it probably would run on that very well. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say that they didn't anticipate the car lasting outlasting the hose. <laughs> that, I thought that's where you were going with it. <laughs> it's like, well, wasn't that the deal? Like on the Mustang, like the early yeah. Mustangs, they were basically considered you know disposable cars back uh, in the day. The early Mustangs were designed to go ten years. Fair enough. So you're like 60 years in now, so no wonder why they're junk. Right. Wow. But so, Clayton, there's a guy that helped uh, finish my dad's LS swap in his Jeep. He did the wiring. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, he is a tech at the local GM dealer, but he does a lot of LS swaps. Mm-hmm. He's got a third-gen Firebird that's got a turbo. I think is it, it's not turbo. I think it's in a six-liter in it. Mm-hmm. And his has an Aussie rear end in it. I remember that was always a big deal. The Aussie, the holding oh, rear end oh, yeah. or whatever. 
And yep, then yep. he's got two twin boys and they both have like mullets. They wear like Guns N' Roses jackets and stuff. Pit Viper sunglasses. Pit Vipers. They got long hair. And got they, off shirts. And they both have LS swapped third gen Trans Am. No, one has a Trans Am, one has a Camaro. So nice. it's super cool. They, they're like in a band, man. They're living the dream. They took it on power tour. Yeah, they went on power tour. And uh, I, I, wow. told him, I told him about you cutting the hole in the back of your trunk for your fuel pump. And he had to sit down. <laughs> he was like, no, he didn't. I was like, yeah, I think he did. And he's like, well, what? Like, he should have brought it down. I would have changed the fuel pump so he wouldn't have to cut his car up. Yeah. Uh, well, once you but, put the carpet back in the trunk, you can't see it. That's right. So what, uh, we'll go in the next one. What was your favorite car you've ever owned? It's probably still that 92. There was a, there was one of my trucks I had. My first truck I ever bought on my own was a, was a 2012, um, F two fifty with the power stroke in it. And I, and I finally got it deleted and I don't know, I drove that truck for a long time and that's close, but I still like my. I still like my old Camaro. Yeah, I remember that truck. That was a good looking truck. I did. I liked that truck. It was, it's still, it's, yeah, it's like my number two. It's, it was just a good, I put 160,000 miles on it and I never, I mean, I did little, some stuff, you know, I had to put a, uh, intercooler hose on it and I had to, you know, like air conditioner and alternator and that kind of stuff, but it never, you know, completely abandoned me really. I mean, it was a good truck which is interesting you bought a ford truck because you were ever since i've known you you and your whole family are diehard chevy guys so, so that's kind of a bo- that's a little bit more boring story as to why i went to the ford but when i was working and i bought that truck i was on the road all the time and i was on the phone all the time i mean i put between 40 and fifty thousand miles on a truck a year with the job that i had on a pickup and um at the time, I had driven some Chevys and GMCs, and I'd driven some Fords because the company I worked for, I just took company trucks wherever I went. And at the time, GM just did not have the hands-free thing down in the truck at all. It just, it was just crummy. It just didn't work. And the Ford, the sink in the Ford was just, was just worked flawlessly. And that, that was part of it. And then I was also mad at him for taking the government money and getting bailed out. So I decided I needed to buy a Ford. So you went with the American company, doing it on their yeah. own without the government. <laughs> I, I agree. Some, something like Dude, that. Most people don't hardly remember that. That's about ancient history at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which now I'm getting to the point in my life I've got stories. Well, that was 15 years ago. Like, holy cow. That make you feel old? Yeah. Yeah, back when I was 15 and a half, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Half my life ago. Maybe, maybe 17. So do you have a dream car? Uh, this one, I debated this one too. It's goofy, but I, if I had a dream car, I would have a 69 Charger done up like a General Lee, I think. Nice. That's not that's not goofy at all. That's not goofy I at mean, all. I, want, I mean, I want the 440. I want the good the big motor in it and i want the, the the stock starter i want that starter sound from the dukes of hazard every time they fired that car up <laughs> and the and the cherry bomb reverse purple horny whatever they had on it exhost and yes so that. 
We were uh, snow goose hunting one time and a snow goose call, you can use like an electronic call for snow goose hunting. And it's just absolutely obnoxious. And one of my dad's friends was like, this sounds like the fucking starter on a Dodge Dart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to hear this. Yeah, I'll have to pull it up because it was sitting there, you know, you're just playing it for hours. And he's like, this sounds terrible. This sounds like a starter. I'm a... Anyway. Got so, a pretty good laugh out of that. So a close. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say a close second. I wrote down would be like a '91-ish era K5 Blazer. So you remember Twister, the movie Twister, right? Oh hell yes! Yeah. I remember Jonas being scared Miller. to death every time it thundered jo- after that video. Jonas Miller, the bad guy. That's not a Blazer, but that was a. I think that was a one-ton suburban. Yeah, but that look of that truck, that body style. Uh, Yes, I would like, like to. Paint scheme was it like two tone? I don't remember off the top of my head. It was, I think it was black on black, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was like a, it looked like a government vehicle. Like currently Googling, which back in <laughs> what was that ninety six that that movie came out? Probably uh, six or seven or eight somewhere in there. So it, no, no, it no, no, a, it was ninety four. It was a dually. <clears throat> yeah, it was a it was in nineteen ninety four because Dodge gave them the. Ram 1500, bef- like pre-production. uh Second gen? The second gen pre-production Ram before they actually even hit the stores. And that movie like helped, ex- like obviously A, Lee Iacocca, B, the new smooth body styling of second gen. And that movie made the second gen sales just go through the freaking roof. Dodge was about out of business at that point, if yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, because uh, they all because the diehards that watch that movie now because they had they had half tons and three quarter tons of the red Dodge in that movie. Yep, I'll have to and pay there's attention. Points, to that. There's points you can pick out the bolt pattern on the wheel, or you can pick out that little bit different half ton wheel. Yeah, in some scene, most of the time he's driving the three quarter ton around, I think, or maybe I got that back. That's something but, Jason would be able to see. Right. Yeah. There's times Jason's you can pick out. It's guys. like, whoa, he's 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 got a half ton now. Oh nope, he's back in a three quarter ton. That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny. I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, we should make a movie trivia episode. That'd be good. Um, but I just we thought go. we should add two more questions to our questionnaire. And Clayton, I apologize. You haven't been preloaded with these questions, so you can refuse to answer. But <laughs> no, you can't. Two of them okay. that two of them that I want to ask, um, which I'll I'll ask you the first one. You can think about it while I ask you the second one. So question, whatever this would fall in the order. How mm-hmm. many vehicles have you owned? Because Dozer and I, Dozer and I have owned a bunch and have gotten comments from listeners like, "Can't believe you own that much." And the second question would be, "What is the most unique vehicle?" Like obviously your couple favorite ones you've told us. But have you owned anything just like crazy off the wall, oddball, just the most unique thing you've ever owned? Oh boy. That the most unique one, I don't I never really had. So I I would have to use an almost owned probably on that one because it's just it's just pickups and cars and trucks and motorcycles and stuff. Okay. Um but I mean most most unique I almost bought this converted i think it was the front of it was an old cherokee and then it had this you're talking my language it had this electric over hydraulic dump box deal made onto it that was like eight foot long 
I mean, the back of the cab, the cab with the, was cut in half to make it just a two-seater, and it had this, oh, and it was $1,100, and it was for sale on the Spoon River Drive, and I thought it was the best-looking hunting vehicle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It'd be perfect. I could put the deer in you, the back, and I could dump it out I when I get home. I could pick up sticks in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I can dump it. I can dump it at the at the locker and then i can raise the bed up and hose the blood out and it'll all run out and not leave those pools and i was excited and i passed on it that, that was the closest i came oh shoot i appreciate really that story that was, yes. i'm almost I, upset now you should have you text me, me. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was a long time ago oh shoot this was a long time ago i'm trying to i'm trying to write down the list of the of vehicles here well while you're uh, writing me and sam i've had 45 vehicles oh, wow, and sam has had around 40 yeah I'm, I'm right at 40 so but i i am counting my wife's vehicles that my name was on the title and i was paying for license and insurance so <clears throat> that might yeah. be and i'm and i'm counting uh i'm counting uh business vehicles in that 45 so i don't know if you want to count farm trucks or not but uh that, that oh yeah might, that we'll, might be we'll- We'll count farm trucks. Mine, mine is counting motorcycles and RV, but not recreational trailers. Uh, can I count? You can't count trailers. I say I could throw a trailer in there or two. But... <laughs> Let's not get crazy with trailers now. Okay, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a motor. It yeah, let's say if it, if it had an engine, then you could count it. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about a forklift? Count <laughs> no. That. no. No, because then Dozer would be at like 47. How <laughs> about a few forklifts? He's not forklift certified. No. <laughs> That's the difference between the have and the have nots in the world is a forklift at your house. Oh, that is true. That's what separates them. Does your wife know you're not forklift certified? No, she doesn't. Good. That's the only reason she's attracted to you. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think I think I am at 14. I think that's respectable. Yeah, not bad. That's respectable. Most uh, in the average, like five or something or yeah. Like eight. Yeah. I think unless I have forgotten something in here, I think we're at 14. Well, no so, one's going to fact check you. So. so I find it interesting. Your dream car is not your 92 Camaro that you're planning on LS swapping and doing suspension and stuff too. Yeah. I would still have the, I don't know. I would have a gen- just to drive the General Lee through Western Illinois University when it's move-in weekend would be worth a lot, I think. <laughs> it runs on liberal tears. <laughs> <laughs> it would that day. <laughs> oh, so this yeah. this is the question I was most looking forward to and I've got a few ideas in my mind, but what is your favorite car story or memory? Oh man. It's so the one there's going to be stuff I'm forgetting here because I, I should have thought about this longer, but pretty close to the top has got to be putting the exhaust cut out on that 92 <laughs> in the parking lot yes. at college. So we, we got in our heads that, well, you probably helped me get in my head that I needed to put a cut out. <laughs> I was that. pretty impatient in anything, yeah. anything but studying for engineering class was so my this, motto. This was a nice mandrel bent exhaust that I had put on this car when I was in high school and we decided we needed a cut out on it. So I think I ordered a cut out from who knows where. Summit racing, remember. if I remember correctly. Manual, probably. electric. What? Tell us more. Manual. Okay. Manual, for now, at yeah. first. At okay. Least. Okay. Okay. Yep. 
So, I mean, no, no welder. I mean, we're going from a nice all welded exhaust to we're putting this on with clamps and everything. And we went to Rural King and bought a hacksaw. <laughs> like and a manual, like, like... Yes. Uh, yes, not even a power. And if you know anything about a third gen Camaro, it sits about three inches off the ground. Uh huh. And did we take did we take it anywhere and put it up? No, we did it in the parking stands? lot. No, no, we didn't have jack stands or we nothing. Old change ramps, nothing. There Jeez. is a reason that there is torn ligaments in my shoulder today, and it's got to be from doing that. <laughs> it took us but hours, we, if I remember. We took, we took turns. Oh, it was at least an hour. We took turns and we hacked. We got two cuts made through that exhaust with that hacksaw and several blades. <laughs> and we put that cut out on in the parking lot. And you know, Clayton I didn't mean, buy no Chinese exhaust. He had a full American made Flowmaster that had like eighth inch wall exhaust pipe. <laughs> what I mean, we just hacked away. It was good stuff. It was good. Yeah, it hadn't been on there but a couple of years. I mean, it wasn't this, there was nothing stock on that exhaust of that car. It was new from front to back. And we cut that thing out and put it on there. And then a couple of years later, I broke down and bought the electric butterfly deal, you know? Yes. And put on it. Because I, I don't remember if that was college or not. But then I hid it was the, college. Uh, I hid the, hid the switch in the ashtray. So you had to flip the little ashtray lid up. And there was this little light up that switch. That was super down cool. Classic. I remember driving yeah. around college. You just open it up. Man, we just cruise around college. 305 cubic inches. Of oh, theory. yeah, baby. <laughs> yep. Fucking two injectors. <laughs> shooting fuel down the fucking intake. Oh, shit. That's good stuff. I remember he'd be like, I want to put a cam in it. And then you like looked and you're like, it's basically impossible to tune a, th- a throttle body. You're like, you got to get like a chip burnt and stuff. And yes. we're like, uh, but I, I don't, there's so many places we could go with this. So, <laughs> I almost bought it. I was going to buy a tune port system. Remember, I bid. Yes. There was one time I bid on a tune port system off of a Z with a 305, and I'm like, "Shoot, we'll just throw that on there. It'll run good enough, even though it doesn't have the Z cam and all that in it." And then you could tune those. There was more work being done with those, but then the more you read on the tuned port, you know they they run out of air at like 5,000 or 5,500 RPM if they make any horse at all because of those those long plenums or the whatever it is. So, so I'm that just, so I, I believe the police showed up when we were doing this thinking we were like cutting catalytic converters off too. Like, Hey, what are you boys doing? I I think I remember people, I remember people walking by looking at us like these guys are up to something. Oh, that was fun. I I remember we, we took it up to the drag strip at Benton and we're like, all right, let's uncork this. And it was when it had the wing nut still. And we just burnt the piss out of our hands (laughs) trying to get the fucking exhaust cut off of it. Yeah. Drove Uh, it all the way there. Drove it 40 minutes there. Dude, let's take the cutout off. We're like, all right, let's see how much horse, let's see how much he gains. So he does a run with the cutout open and then comes back. We burn the piss out of our hands, putting the fucking cover back on it. Does another run. Same fucking time. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, It sounded sounded better. better. You surely took a video of me doing a burnout with it. Yeah. That was one wheel peel, wasn't it? Or do you have a pot? You didn't have a pot. I got I had a posi. Oh, did you? It, you oh, know? you put one in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, we put a posi because I changed it. I re-geared it too. Oh, yeah, it I had like two seventy-three rear end gears. Jesus. Yeah, two seventy-three rear end, and I put three forty-twos in it, and that. So in those days, it was simple. You just changed the little plastic gear deal in the tail shaft to change your speedometer reading, right? Yep. Yep. Well, 
you know, if you go to a certain tooth um, driven gear, then you got to change the little sensor deal that goes in the back because it's like a half a millimeter difference in height away from your tail shaft. And I looked at that and I said, a half a millimeter can't make any difference in this at all. <laughs> turns and, out. And it turns out it does. So the speedometer <laughs> went to zero when I was driving at home once. And I thought, uh-oh, well, that, that thing's getting ground up in the in the tail shaft back there. But I kept driving it. Problem is that your tur- torque converter won't lock up when the car thinks the speed's zero. <laughs> oh, so now I'm driving around like, oh, I'm going to burn the torque converter out of this because this is just all the time. But you could hotwire that <laughs> yes. old OBD one. You remember this? Oh, yeah. Razor? I was going to bring this up. Okay. So you could, there was two ports in that big OBD plug, OBD one plug that you could stick wires into and then cross them. And that would manually lock your torque converter. Okay. So I went to rural went to rural king bought this little DC um, on off switch and I made a card yes. cardboard <laughs> cardboard switch holder and taped Out it to the dash scotch tape Out of scotch tape and cardboard ran these wires <laughs> up into it wired the switch so that when I was going down the road I could flip I could lock my torque converter up or I could unlock my torque converter is it is pretty cool. So I remember you're all jazzed. You're like, I can lock my converter when I'm on the big end at the drag strip. Like everybody says you gain time. And I don't know if we ever tried that or not. I don't think it made a difference. Yeah. On the big end of that car was, it was still in second gear. So that <laughs> wasn't doing much for us. Not much going on. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah. That was so I, I forgot about that. I met, I met Clayton. And uh, apparently neither one of us scored good enough on our entry exam to get into a real math class. So (laughs) Clayton and I had a math class with all the other degenerates in the basement of the lunch hall. Okay. And our uh, teacher was an African-American fellow that was older and he lived in the dorms as well. And he would always and, and wipe his nose all class. You know, and we're like, this dude is on cocaine a hundred percent or something. You know what I mean? And, uh, he, I don't think that was a very serious math class. If I can remember right. I think about it. If you showed up, you passed essentially. And, yeah. uh, anyway, that dude ended up passing away a year or two after that. But, uh, we always laugh about that situation. And that's where I met Clayton. He was actually, yep. he's in the same dorm as I was. And like, yep, oh, third you... floor and first floor. Yeah. I was, and I was all about, you know, we got to hot rod everything. Everything must be hot rodded. Like you got this pristine Camaro <laughs> needs to be hot rodded. So we started. You were, you were cutting up your, your Jeep at yes, the same time. Yes. Yep. And, and I had to. Your lit... Jeep was relatively unmolested when I met you. At that particular I mean, it, point. Yes. It was not quite super molested just yet. I think when you met me, it was probably on stock axles with 31s and a four inch lift. Cause I was daily in it at that point. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, Dana, Dana, 40, 40, 60, 80, <laughs> whatever all the different Dana numbers are. And it's like, man, you're going to remember you put the truck axles in it or whatever. And then it had like half the suspension travel of what your stock suspension. Yeah, had. never mind like, that. Well, now, so... <laughs> now we have to, now we have to modify this even more and start cutting real pieces of the car out. So were you guys the same year then? Yes. Yeah. We both are yeah. the same age. We graduated 07 from, from high school. school. High school. So, where was Clayton 
when I went down to Carbondale and you said anywhere but PKs. Uh, Clayton was living on the other side of town. He was, me and Ryan had moved to the house on the west side of Carbondale and Clayton was still in an apartment on the east side. Because I can remember when we built those bumper ets, those bumper extensions, you were so deathly afraid of getting a bumper height ticket. Yeah. And then you put the flip off to like little mm-hmm. laser cutout dude on the trailer hitch. And I don't know why that like drinking Bud Light Platinum and then that blueberry flavored beer and just getting tore up from the floor up in Carbondale and then going to PK's. I mean, he was around somewhere. I don't know what he was doing that weekend, but drinking dollar PBRs at PK. Well, we, uh, could have been. So me and, me and, uh, me and Clayton, of course, my father in law has a bunch of Chevrolet parts. Mm-hmm. So we start talking about what are we, what are we going to do to mod, you know, your 305 and this, that, and the other. Well, my father-in-law's like, well, I've got a 400 with a cracked cylinder that he and a used cam and some broads and pistons and, and Clayton ended up buying it. I don't know. I don't think he gave a whole bunch for it, if any. It, well, I, and, I don't remember how much I gave for it. I still have the 400 block though. So Clayton, which was in Jerry's Nova. So Clayton should have been an engineer because he's Mr. Spreadsheet. Okay. So, you know, we uh, we didn't do any engineering homework, but he had a spreadsheet out to every nickel and dime it was going to cost to build this motor. And it was, you know, back then was like four grand. Okay. And, well, then the, the, then the 700R4, I guess he's got a 4L60E. Yeah. No, no. Just his 4L60. Okay. No. So in between your 700R4 and your 4L60E, there's a couple of years. There's just a four L sixty. Okay. So the like, seven hundred R four that they renamed is all. I mean, it's basically a seven hundred R four still. But yeah, they renamed it for some dumb reason. So he's like, "Well, that's not going to hold up." And like the sense you was just went crazy. So mm-hmm. uh, he ended up deciding not to do that. And he's like, "I got it." He's like, "Why spend five grand on putting a motor in my car when I can just buy a whole nother car?" Right. And I was like. Yeah, that sounds great. Sound logic. <laughs> so he found, and this was back in the day, there was no Facebook marketplace. So we were Craigslist. On, on Craigslist and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he found a screaming deal. Was it a 2000? Yep. 2000 Camaro with an LS1 and a six speed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I still remember to this day, he goes and gets it. And I think you went and looked at it and you just lost your mind over how you were just, oh, you know, LS one car under, under 10 grand, I'm buying it. And mm-hmm. I, I believe you, you had your dad get like a cash advance on his credit card or something so you could pay for it. Yeah, I had, a, I had most of the cash with me, but there was not, I don't know, the guy didn't budge on it or something and we had to have a little more. So it was, yeah, we just... You know, it was one of them stories. I don't know if I should have believed it or not, but it's, oh, there's another guy coming in a half an hour after you leave with cash. And if you want it, it's got to be now. And it was a good deal. It was a good deal. I mean, very, very short after we started working on that car, it was really obvious why it was a good deal because it had been wrecked. Yeah. I remember he he brought it down to school and like the hood was touching the fender on one side and had like a half inch gap on the other. We're like, 
Oh, well, yeah, it's fast. It had, a, <laughs> it, had one, it had a bent wheel. One wheel was bent because I took that to get it balanced. And they were like, you can't put enough weight on this to fix it. <laughs> so, so we got it. So I ordered, ordered one new tuning fork Z wheel and put on it. And then the rear end was, ah, it was off to one side by an ungodly amount of not goodness. It was, <laughs> it was not under the center of the car by like two inches. Oh God. And it was, it was bad. So I bought an adjustable pan hard bar and in our old shop, we picked that thing up off the ground. I don't know why we should have left it on the ground, but we picked <laughs> it up and with like a I tractor. Well, we put it up on stands, I think. And then we hooked a come along to it and then to like a, I think we had a tractor park next to it and we started <laughs> coming along. This is the most former thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we come along that axle over until it was in the center of the car. And then I put that adjustable pan hard bar up there and adjusted it until the holes lined up and put the bolts in it. Like, look, the rear ends in the middle now. Put the whole now, thing in tension. Yeah. Oh, terrible. <laughs> I mean, in a unibody walks. car. <laughs> oh yeah, that that rear end walked. If you, you remember what we did, circa like two thousand and nine ish with that car, like November of two thousand nine. Uh, I think so. Was so that the cam and stuff? Was, no, that was the election year. Remember? Oh yes. So the the calm side of campus, the west side of campus where we lived, was relatively calm in that election in the east side got a little bit not calm when obama got voted in oh uh, shit so we were hearing all this stuff on the radio about all this stuff that's going on on the east side of campus like i think they were telling us to stay inside weren't they yes and we were so immediately we have to go outside we can't <laughs> let them tell us to stay inside and it was you and me and there was it was who was it ross who came with? was it ross Ooh, and... yeah because i've got a picture of ross sitting on the back of a police car drinking a beer. Nice. Underage. It was you and me and Rob. Was it Matt Rob or somebody else came with us? I can't remember. Anyway, so we tootled over there to the west side of campus. And there's that huge, it's like a berm that's just built around all of them. And they were, the cops were up in the yards and up on this berm around the towers. And it's like, man, I think every cop in Carbondale is on the east side of campus. And it wasn't, I mean, they weren't going crazy nuts. It was just, we were just watching what was going on over there. And so we started driving around town and we're like, I, I, there's really not a cop out in town. So we went to that six lane highway out there where it's all comes together out there by Walmart and just lit it up and fishtailed from one side of the road to the other side of the road, to the other side of the road, to the other side of the road. Cause why not? I mean, there's exactly. no cops around. Yeah, that was fun. So was did it have the cam and headers and stuff at that point? I don't th- I didn't think it was built yet. So maybe it was. In our in our need for speed and me living vicariously through Clayton, I was always pushing like more horsepower. We got to go faster, especially since it wasn't my checkbook. And uh <laughs> Clayton ended up, you know, just doing massive research and ended up putting a cam headers intake uh clutch yep in the car over like a winter break 
and spring break spring, spring break. break okay spring break and That's a hell of a lot of work and your dad yeah, one week your dad met us in st louis and you had it dyno tuned and then yep. we, we drove it back down to school and dude i remember that car was so mean and you didn't yeah. yeah i remember you did an ms excuse me and did an ms3 uh mm-hmm. texas, texas speed, speed. cam because that was the yep. biggest cam you could do without clearancing the pistons all right yep and I think you could, I think you could maybe make that the MS4 work, but there was, when you were reading in the form, you have to like retard it or something. Like, well, people were like, mine worked fine. And then the next guy's like, my car blew up. We'll go safe here. So I sent, three. I sent Sam the video. You ought to play the video. If it'll sound good. I don't know if it will or not, or. The video you just sent me? Yeah. So Hopefully I, not I, the one I put all the music to. Oh, it is. <laughs> that's my that's my one YouTube claim to fame. It's got like 20-some thousand views on it. So is that with the cam or without the cam? Explain to us what you're seeing here, Samuel. Uh, some sweet video editing <laughs> so, of, a, of, a, so, of a catfish Camaro. This, so he, this is he, Microsoft Movie Maker here. So, is, of yeah, course, we were not doing uh, any engineering homework at this point. <laughs> I got well, I was some out nice headers, some cars and jack stands. No tractor and come along, though. Unblessed. Coors Light hat, I think, if I remember right. That was my Coors Light kick. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, the music. So he stole this music by putting his, like, earphones up to the microphone. <laughs> because well, I, had, yeah, I, had a head, I had a headset that I clamped my microphone inside of. Played this really I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Yeah, it's it gets like better. A, it's it gets, like a it gets full better. motor build. We got some. Yeah. Tables and parts. Yeah, I had this. Oh, we're on the dyno even. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. SLP and Turn it up a little bit. Can you turn it up, Amy? I can't. See here now. So I think it made almost 500 at the motor. Yeah, we figured it was close to five at the motor. It was like 394 at the wheels or something. That's what I don't know. So it does. 390 at the wheels. I'm getting like chills listening to this. God, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh man, dude, we would just go out in in the state park area and just go ripping up and down the roads. It looked good. Yeah. It looked good. Oh, it was fun. It was fun, and and somehow did not blow the S10 rear end up. Those cars come in it until the day he tries to sell it. Yep. So you did sell it. That was going to be my next question is what happened to the car? Yeah, it got sold when I had to grow up a little bit. It got sold and I, t- I took several. There's people that I took for rides in that car and I was trying to sell it and I don't remember. I don't remember it. But anyway, yeah, the guy that one guy that was real close to buying it. Um, yeah, we grenaded the rear end like a half mile from my mom and dad's house. It it still moved it just didn't sound good and we took it <laughs> we took it to her took it to the shop and took it apart took the pumpkin cover off and i mean there was just it was going to come out in pieces i mean as soon as you took a bolt out of it as soon as you took a carrier bearing or a yeah it's not good you know it's it's hard being an f-body camaro 
Trans Am guy because they don't make anything easy. Like you can't just put a rear end in it because they've got like the torque arm and mm-hmm. like the three hundred fives and stuff. Like you couldn't change them because they're real hard to tune. Like they just made it really hard to be an F body mm-hmm. fan because you could get a Fox body Mustang in the same vintage get a piggyback tuner and those guys were just making massive horsepower no problem on 302 cubic inches and the 305 guys were just like uh, i've got two injectors <laughs> yeah well they were shoot i mean they'd been trying to kill them for 15 years i mean they won't come out and say that but that you know that rear end the rear end that was in that 2000z is the rear basically the rear end they started with in 1982 i mean they're just trying to get vehicles, rid of them. You know that how many vehicles you know use the same rear end for twenty years? I mean, uh, Jeep Cherokee. Especially, well, <laughs> well, not even that. Something really. that something that went from one hundred and ten horsepower stock to they were making three hundred plus. You know, I mean that it, they just didn't care. I mean, the frame, the, the subframes never changed, and they've updated the body a little bit, and then you know changed the headlights on them, and now they didn't. So another one of my favorite stories from college was there was a another engineer named his nickname was Binky Banky was Banky or something it was his last name okay his last name was Banky well yep. he was always on you to, hey can I drive your car can I drive your car? you're like I don't let people drive my car and can I drive your car I don't let people drive my car well then Clayton's like hey let's go out and I was like can I drive you're like hell yeah buddy <laughs> so <laughs> we get in your car flip open the cutouts and we're just cruising around campus and uh we just cruise by and there's old banky on the fucking sidewalk just staring us down did he yeah. ever say anything about that no he basically like stopped talking to you after that though right well probably but uh, yeah i got obviously. over it poor banky oh should you remember damn you dave Capscott? <laughs> yeah yeah we <laughs> So there was another uh, yeah. there was another engineer named Dave Tapscott and he was like the Fonzie of the engineering, you know, drove a metric bike and you know Clayton's over here with his 883 Sportster, you know, and drove a metric bike and he taught motorcycle classes and dude the chicks just flocked to this dude. So there was this one girl, I don't even know what her name was, she was cute as hell, which I think Banky ended up dating her. But uh you know, Clayton was trying to talk to her. I, had a, I was dating Laren at the time or whatever. and Whatever. Uh, or whatever. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. anyway, but anyway, we were in the engineering, uh, in an engineering class. It's like a big lecture hall. And this girl is like down at the bottom, like flirting with Dave Tapscott. And Clayton's like, <laughs> damn you, Dave Tapscott. <laughs> I think it was that Dave had this, you could, I mean, when he came into a room, he was one of them guys that was just like, all right. And. <laughs> <laughs> he came in there to talk to her and all I heard was the all right. I'm like, oh, Dave, yeah, it's Dave over Tapscott. now. <laughs> Ship sailed. You're like, how does Dave Tapscott get all the girls? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that was it. So then we got another. Oh, I found Dave Tapscott on, uh, on Facebook here. No profile picture. I was going <sighs> to say, I... I've got mutual friends. I don't know if he fell off the face of the earth or what. Yeah. But then, I, talk, I mean, I still talked to him after we graduated. I mean, he was, I think he actually made it through all the engineering stuff. Is the thing. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was actually a super, 
super <laughs> strong at math and all that stuff. <laughs> Unlike us, we were super strong at interneting. <laughs> we, were, we just uh, found out what college was like after you got out of engineering school. It's like, this oh, is why shoot. people like college. Holy yeah, no crap. kidding. I went to business, you went to ag, and it was like, this is a whole different experience. Yeah. So my only other story I had in mind also involved Banky. And oh, no. <laughs> do you remember this one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell. I'm going to let you tell because I wasn't there. This was the this was where we went out and we're Tokyo drifting our way around the little pond lot, lake lot. What was that, Lake of Fresh, Egypt? I don't even remember what the lake was. Yeah, something like that. There was this little secluded parking lot. Because you felt bad because nice. Banky seen me, seen me driving it. And I think you let him go out there and drive it maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, we. I yeah, he might have drove it out there, and then we drifted it around with the cutout open a little bit, and <laughs> we had way too much fun doing that. It was hot, and I looked down, and the car was about ready to boil over, and I was like, "Whoa, we gotta stop for a minute." So we just stopped and idled, which maybe was the right thing to do, but I you had to drive. It was up to get out of this. I mean, it was a climb. Yeah, to get a, out from because it was the boat anyway, ramp. Yeah, and we. So anyway, we let the car cool down, and then we took off out of there and then by that time there was a city of carbondale city employee work truck thing trying to block us in down there and he Paul was gonna, status know, yeah, yeah, rent a yeah cop. pretty much he's like well, i got your plate and if i see you down here again then i'm gonna call this and that and the other and i was like okay I'm like, can we go <laughs> now <I'm> like, <laughs> like you're pretty much holding us here man i mean your your yellow light is not red and blue so i think we can go <laughs> this is false imprisonment so. <laughs> citizens arrest <laughs> so we so we kind of we listened to him for a second and then drove out of there. And then I don't think I ever went back down. No, there. yes, you did. You brought me back down there in your not truck. With the you're red like, car. Yeah, no, not with in the, the red truck. Car. Not but in the red you're car. You're like, though. look at my burnout marks. How awesome is this? There's just black marks all over the parking lot from them doing trips. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Damn that kids. Was fun. Good times. Yeah, see, Good times. you couldn't remember if the car had Posi in it or not. Yeah, I, I didn't remember. I, I mean, it was so lame. I figured it just had open, honestly. <laughs> it did when it was stock. <laughs> <laughs> GM, let's make your performance car the 180 horsepower and an open diff. Yeah. Oh, it, it got really good gas mileage though, didn't it? It <laughs> no. yeah, well, yeah. That's yeah. So with that with the 283 rear end gears, I'm sure it did. Yeah, 73. Sorry, to Jesus. <laughs> Pay attention. That silver car, that 2000, got better mileage than the 92 did. Even after it was all done up, I could drive that to school, double overdrive in sixth gear. I could get, shoot, like 27 or 28 mile a gallon on the highway. Technology is a hell of a thing. 500 horse car, you know. The sad thing is, is 20 years later, it's no better. No. Well, that's because it's full of emissions crap all over them, and it takes freaking 40 mile a gallon to run to the emissions crap. Did you read the Hot Rod article about... Should I delete my diesel truck? No, I didn't. Mm. It's probably some liberal propaganda. Oh God, it's sure. so liberal. Oh, it's it's like disgust. Like makes me not even want to read Hot Rod anymore. But basically, they were like, "Oh, it's on there for a reason." And the only reason we delete emissions is to get performance back. But the technology's come so far in the last X number of years that they're making the same amount of power and having the emission stuff. And basically making the argument that you don't need to delete your emission stuff because 
the only reason would be to gain back the power, but the OEs have made enough power to overcome whatever the emissions take away. And we as hot rodders, blah, 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 uh, ultimately we want performance, and the performance is there in the stock form with all the emission stuff. And, man, the comments on the Facebook, I, I found the link on Facebook, and the comments were just, oh, man, they were lighting up Hot Rod Magazine, like, just, I don't think there was one comment on there of, you know, 7,000 comments that was positive towards the emission stuff, and most of it was like, um, my truck's got 45,000 miles on it, and it's been to the dealer 15 times for emissions-related problems, and another guy was like, yeah, that's fine, you can keep your emission stuff, but... I got, you know, this miles per gallon before I deleted it and this miles per gallon after I deleted it. And you're never going to convince me that it's a good idea, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a few comments like, well, I live in a state where you have to have it. And basically, as soon as it's out of warranty, I'm going to trade it off and, and get another one because it's not worth owning after the warranty's up because it's just such a such an issue. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we we deal with it on farm equipment all the time. I mean, it's just, it's wild. The fuel tanks on, on big tractors, I mean, if you look at a 350-horse tractor that, um, I mean, you could run, you could run all day, you know, 15 years ago, you could run all day doing pretty heavy work on 120 gallon of diesel fuel. And I mean, now you're, you're having to get you have to think about, you know, okay, when my supper shows up, somebody better bring a fuel trailer. Cause I'm out of fuel after eight hours. Well, that's... and that's, and that's 150 or 60 gallon that you've burnt. So, I mean, they're, they can make the power. I believe the claims they can make the power and, and all that stuff, but you just, you burn so much more fuel to run all that emissions equipment. It's just, bleh. you couldn't well, believe how good a mileage we could have out of stuff. What, if we didn't uh... have that. What, uh, from what I understand, is they do emissions based off of emissions per gallon. They don't care how many gallons you burn. It's all off Correct. of emissions per gallon. So you may have less emissions, but your tractor's burning a third more right. fuel. Which, well, they, yeah, they used to have parked regens, like on the semis when they were first, like when PACAR, which owns Peterbilt and Kenworth, when they first were getting into this final tier four stuff, they couldn't figure it out and you had to do a parked regen on those early semis that had that. And that's, that's parking the truck and letting it run at two thirds throttle for 45 minutes to an hour. And you're not, you can't move. Yeah. That's so, not, mean, that's not making money. Yeah. I can tell you there's no emission. There's no mileage out of it right there. <laughs> yeah. Which, which if you are interested in this discussion, Nick does a really good job explaining it in one of his podcasts Basically, you know, we don't get any better mileage than we did in the 80s. And now we have all this emissions. And if we would have focused on horsepower instead of emissions, the emissions would have taken care of itself because mileage would have increased and you would have, you know, effectively burnt less diesel fuel. Therefore, your overall emissions would be lower. Not to mention what. You know, if you want to talk about like carbon credits or like the carbon emissions related to each specific thing, and you know, a 1994 diesel semi has this many carbon emissions, a 2020 semi has few, far fewer carbon emissions. However, 
you're not taking into account the fact that you had to build a factory to build the emission stuff, and then you had to put the emission stuff on there, and then you had to build a plastic jug, put that plastic jug in a cardboard box, fill it with urea, and dump that in the truck. Oh, and then Mm -hmm. now we've got a doser that went bad, so now we have to next day air one of those on a jet. There's carbon emissions. And then pay a service truck that runs on diesel fuel to come out and fix it in the middle of nowhere because it's broke down, whereas that 1994 semi is just chugging along doing what it's doing. So, Oh, yeah. And the fact that it's adding twenty to $40,000 to the purchase price of a semi or a combine or a big tractor or whatever. Or more. Know, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which Nick, Nick said that like a brand new, what's a brand new F-350 Shoot, you know, 70, 80, 90,000. Yeah, $90,000. Well, the United States government is buying the same truck from Ford without the emissions for like $56,000. So it's adding 30 plus thousand dollars to the price of the vehicle to put all this junk on there that only decreases its reliability because the U.S. government doesn't have like the presidential limo. It don't have emissions. You know, Humvees in Iraq, they don't have emissions. You know why? Because if they did, all of our soldiers would fucking die. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll have to check out the old straightforward farming. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to do that. But I think, does Nick, would you say he builds pulling tractors for a living? Or does he just have a mechanic shop that builds pulling tractors every now and again? Uh, he He has a ag repair shop that also specializes in tractor pulling. And he's used to be an international dealer back in the day. Um, he still sells uh, Capelco heads and some tillage equipment and everything, but he does not sell tractors anymore. Um, and he has a, he designed a crankshaft for whatever whatever engine is in was in his old pulling tractor whatever i mean it's basically a DT466 block it's in the you know the 1066 international like all those pulling tractors that base block that they build into mm-hmm. pulling tractor he has a crankshaft design that is his own and he sells those crankshafts to tractor pullers and he works on and builds tractors for tractor pullers also gotcha nice all right well well let's look before we go let's talk about clayton's plans for the red camaro he was talking about he's got it in a shed now where he's a short story long so we got to draw this out so we're only at an hour and 15 minutes oh shoot oh yeah we can go a while so that how many times has that iteration the idea changed is what's going to get done to that car but Right now, right now, it's taken apart. Right now, it's taken all the way down. Start working on it, take it all the way down to the body, get the interior out of it, and whatever salvageable out of there. Because, it, I mean, it's it's been inside, but it's not had a great retirement, semi-retirement, whatever you call it. Because the beginning of its retirement was on a dirt floor garage, right? It was a dirt floor garage, and then it got moved to a dirt floor machine shed. 
and then and now it's in this it's a barn but i mean it's got i mean it's got garage doors on it and it's all concrete and it's it's nicer than a lot of people's garages in this in this place now but it got you know it got mice in it and everything else that happened the headliners fell out of it like they all did and you know the dash isn't cracked believe it or not i did keep the dash from cracking somehow that's good anyway take out of it whatever is good and then get a new interior for it take the body somewhere and have it's got a little bit of rust on it there's like a dime sized spot of rust behind one wheel and maybe a like a pencil eraser size on the other side get that fixed and get it repainted and um get the you know they've got the whole tubular subframe market for those now you can get you can do away with the old subframes and put tubular subframes in it and they come with the motor mounts or whatever you're going to put in it and i for some reason i've got my heart set on getting a getting a 5.3 and putting a 5.3 ls based motor in it but making it not crazy making it four 450 horse something like that with a little bit of a a little bit of a cam in it but not a real not lopy like that z was in college um and then put a manual in it put a five-speed trimic something like that in there yeah that'd, that'd be a fun car and yeah get the get rid of the It'd really be nice to forelink it and get rid of the torque arm thing because then if you do that, you've got this nice huge tunnel to hide your exhaust in running from the front of the car to the back. So you can get your exhaust up off the ground and make it look really clean underneath and forelink it and get a little, get a nice rear end and put in at a Ford nine inch or something and narrow it just a little bit, maybe mini tub it so you could run a tuck a nine five or something like that without having the fender eat it all up and just make it just make it you know a, a new underneath and then just put a make it look like a stock third gen that's in good shape on top so you know like uh when when people like want to get out of get in shape or you know get unaddicted to alcohol and stuff you gotta have a uh <laughs> you know where i'm going with this samuel no you gotta have like a uh uh a uh I just like the unaddicted. To unaddicted. <laughs> you gotta have a. Uh, sorry, I've been drinking. <laughs> uh, you gotta have like a uh, someone to like call you out. You know what I mean? Like check up on you. What do they call that? A sponsor? Yeah, no, not a sponsor as much as just like a. Uh, yeah, someone, the sponsor. Okay, Let's go with that. Accountability partner. <laughs> okay, okay. So okay. I pledge from here on out to be Clayton's accountability partner on getting his car back together. <clears throat> All right. I think so. sponsor would. I think sponsor would be way better. Sponsor seems like a financial commitment, which I'm not ready for. <laughs> but uh, I'll have to weekly call you. Get your car. You've been working on your car. You're like, no. Every Thursday night. Yeah. Or or every Friday morning. Like, here's what I did last night. What yeah. are you going to do this weekend? <laughs> It'd be like, right. well, I redesigned the baby room on CAD to see if we could fit three more diapers in it. <laughs> 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 that that is something I'd probably do. Unfortunately, you should have been an engineer. You should have stuck with it. Do you have kids, Clayton? Yeah, we have one. He's okay. eight months. Eight months old. Oh, so awesome! Yeah. So you're finally. Yeah. Anyway, we won't talk about kids too much. Since 
know, people <laughs> kids are lame. They no, take they take away from hot rods. Yeah, but then you got like my son Wyatt. You know, he's we go to like the car sh- the car crews in T town where they do burnouts, and he's will like, the Jeep do a burnout? Yeah, Dad, why don't you do burnouts? Like, I well, I don't have a car that will. That's gay. <laughs> we don't say gay, but it's like that's boring. <laughs> So he calls me out all the time. When are we going to have a burnout car? Like, I'm working on it. How long is it going to take? <laughs> Do you want to go to college? He, okay, good. <laughs> no, he not. might kind of be. He might kind of be my excuse, you know, because it'd be. I think it'd they, be kind of cool I mean, to have I've this seen, car. I've seen all my friends do it. I do it for the kids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My I'd family's like recreational tour, future. I'd like to get it tore apart and have the stuff to put it back together when he's getting to be old enough to see what's going on. Okay, yeah. And then maybe I can kind of put the bug in him. Like, I kind of got the bug messing with that 54 Chevy pickup when I was that age. The... And then we can he can be old enough to hold the light while Dad yells and cusses <laughs> his car back together. Yes. You have to get those and... core memories in while you That's can. That's right. Yes. And then we put the car together, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I helped Dad put this car together. So I don't know. Maybe that's dreaming, but that would be, I think that would that's be a fun. That's an excellent goal. You think you can hurt me? I held the light wrong for my dad. Yeah. <laughs> We're not the same. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> have you seen those, uh, like, Facebook or Instagram reels where it's like, uh, <laughs> Where it's like, uh, as a girl's like, if you had 24 hours to do anything you wanted with me, what would you do? And the guy's like, hold the fucking light right. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I like the one where the, the, uh, like the hooker leans over to the car. I'll like, do anything you want for 50 bucks. <laughs> and then like, there's a million different ones. Like swapping a clutch out or yeah. something. <laughs> Oh shoot! <laughs> so speaking of Instagram, uh, Clayton said something about uh, Kenworth and Tier Four. And that reminds me, there's a Instagram page called Tier Zero, and it's like all old construction equipment, like like videos and stuff that just blow and smoke. Oh while yeah, working. oh yeah. You know you they're like to, you need to send me a. They're, they're like cold that. start and stuff, and you can like buy hats and shirts that say Tier Zero on them, and it's pretty awesome. I dig it. I need to follow that Instagram page. Like just old D nine dozers just blowing smoke while they push a big pile of dirt. Yes, yes. Did you run one of those when you were in when you were finishing up your engineering schooling and you were running a mine or whatever it was? Uh, I didn't run any equipment besides a dump truck, but uh, they were definitely tier zero. They were. It was nine... like a three thousand yard dump truck or something, wasn't it? And they so they had uh, brand new Cat seven forty sevens, which are four hundred ton. We got we got trained on those. But then they put us on the 190 ton Euclids, which were from Australia. They imported and well, they, I think they're made in the United States. They were shipped to Australia, used there for mining. And then our mining company bought them and shipped them back to the United States, which I cannot imagine would be cheap, but, uh, they were from the mid eighties and they were tier zero. Wonderful. You could floor it and just the old black smoke would roll. And at night when it was dark, they had like four turbos on them. And you could see all four tor- turbos were glowing. Hell yeah. So it, uh, yeah, but uh, anyway. So. All you got to do, I think, is get to, what is it? Like new stuff if it's seven or 800 horsepower new that doesn't have to have emissions on it. Yeah, because they're remaking the Big Bud. Have you seen that? 
Yeah, I have seen some of that. So from what I under, my understanding is they start at 600 horse and anything over 600 horse has no emissions. America. For now. For now. And they said. The government realizes that. I think it's, it's got to be 700 because John Deere makes 600 horse tractors now that have emissions on them. Okay, seven it is. But I mean, it's a big bud. They said that the new big buds will be bigger and stronger than the old big buds. Hard well, to imagine. They would they would have a nostalgia market, that's for sure. Well, the guys out west, I'm sure people would buy them just if they didn't have emissions. I mean, no one probably in Illinois would probably buy them, but out west we no have room here. tons of tons of room. Yeah. Yeah, that's where a lot of that big stuff would go. That makes sense. So anyway, well, we're grasping for straws talking about <laughs> old tractors now. So <laughs> all righty. Well, Clayton, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us on this. Oh, yeah. It's Take been it. fun, Sam. It, yep, I enjoyed it. Uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and get this one wrapped up here. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us, um, if you want to be on the podcast, we're needing some more guests. So get a hold of us at askshortstorylong at gmail.com. And uh, if you could, give us a follow, like, subscribe. Um, rate us five stars on your podcast app it helps jump us up in the algorithms and everything. Smash that like button. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guys, thanks for joining us and, uh, we'll see you on the next one. I'm nice right now. Man. I- we'll see you guys later. If you have a see you, Clayton. Would you please see you guys. Thanks. That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish you taped it. I dance my of my life. Sip Bankers Club and drink Miller Lite. On Thirsty Thursday and Tuesday night ice. And now I can get pizza a dollar a slice. So fill up my cup. Let's get fucked up. I'm next on the table. Who want what? I am champion at Beer Pong. Alan Iverson, Akeem Olajuwon. Don't even bounce. Not in my house. Better hope you make it. Otherwise you naked. Time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted. Woke up today and all I could say is, um, that party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed. But my good friends is all I need. Pass out at three. Wake up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I love college. tell you what I learned from school, but I could tell you a story or two. Um, yeah, of course I learned some rules, like don't pass out with your shoes on, and don't leave the house till the booze gone, and don't have sex if she's too gone. When it comes to condoms, put two on, then tomorrow night, find a new joint. Hold the beer bong, nothing wrong with some fun, even if we did get a little bit too drunk. Time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted Woke up today and all I could say is That party last night was awfully crazy I wish we taped it I wish we taped it I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked Drink my beer and smoke my weed But my good friends is all I need Pass out three, wake up at ten Go out to eat, then do it again Man, I love college Yeah.
If everybody would please put their drink as high as they can, as high as they can, and repeat after me. Chug, 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 chug. Fresh mint, fresh mint, fresh mint, fresh mint. Do something crazy, do something crazy, do something crazy, do something crazy. Keg stand, keg stand. Love it. That party last night. Alright, everybody. I gotta head back to class for a little bit. That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we'd take You know what's going down. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and sleep. You're all invited. But my good friends, bring your friends. Pass out at three, wake up at ten, go out to eat, then do it again. Man, I love college. Do I really have to graduate or can I just stay here for the rest of my life?